We're back, Nana and I. Hello, Leanna. Hello, Ed. Um, so, we're trying something different this week. Um, now, only like an hour before the recording of this particular podcast, I put out on social media, on my Twitter and my Facebook. <coughs> Excuse me, I should have hit mute when I coughed. But I'm often not... How are you fast enough to know when you're going to cough or sneeze to hit mute? And then it interrupts what you're saying. I'm better, often not. Yeah. Better just to cough. I, anyway. yeah, I, we're, we're, we're in the post post perfection radio era, aren't we? People don't care about that stuff anymore. I, well, the thing is that nowadays, even when, if you cough uh, on like audio, people run away and think that you've got COVID. That, that's true. But also, I just I don't know. People listen to podcasts that just talk about their day for 20 minutes before they get into the topic. So, you know, all bets are off. We're in a whole new world. Yeah. You know the thing about this world? I hate it. What? I hate this world. This whole world where everybody's got the ability to record basically a radio show and make it a podcast. And they have the ability to get a worldwide audience um, just by shooting something with their phone, shoving Tide Pods up their nose or whatever the hell they do. <laughs> um, like that used to be there were gatekeepers and there were, and there was problems with gatekeepers agreed, but we didn't have every schmuck and his brother doing um, a video just because they happened to have a TV studio in their hand. It used to be, you did television and things like that because you had a compelling idea that you right. developed and you had a passion for, and you had well. to convince other people with your passion to invest in it. Now, oh, please listen to you. What? Listen to you, great straight, gray, straight, cisgender male. Oh, you could convince other people with your passion. Not everybody could. That's the whole point. That's why the internet has been the great, um, you know, equalizer in that way. And I think why we're getting more diverse stuff because no, I go in there and I'm passionate and people are, oh, she's too aggressive. That's the world I can't stand. Well, there needs to be some kind of balance between the two. But there, there is, that isn't just going to happen. There is so much garbage out there, like pure dumpster fire. No, not even dumpster fire, because dumpster fires are interesting to watch. Things that are not a dumpster fire, they're simply a dumpster. You're just okay, sitting but, there watching nothing. You're watching paint dry, and, there's, and you waste time um, assessing whether this thing is worth listening to as you're listening to it or as you're watching it. So time is wasted. There's very little. And then there's people who say, well, look at how many people watched it on, you know, how many people viewed it on YouTube. That's a very bad metric because if you've got an audience that doesn't, um, isn't socially connected and so on, then you're going to have lower view count. And if people look and that you put something up and it's got a low view count, people look at it and say, oh, it's got a low view, low view count. Must be bad. I'm not going to watch it. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But there's so much garbage out there. It is very hard to pick the, the fly crap out of the salt. Yeah, but that's true of reality TV for me, too. Oh, I hate that. Most of that stuff is garbage. Well, that's the thing. It's it's you know, it's a, it's a holdover for when there was a writer's strike and they could pass off writers as producers. That's which, where it came from. Which they still do. Which they still do. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Because, because of the unions. 
Yeah, I know that many of you are thinking old man yells at cloud, but to hell with you. There, there is something to be said for having some kind of rating system or something that actually works. Okay, but that's subjective, right? I mean- At least it's something. But what one person considers quality, somebody else is gonna consider crap. That's why there should be some kind of cumulative thing like a Rotten Tomatoes type thing for video content and on and podcasts. Well, that's supposed to be like, dislike, but people misuse those buttons. I mean, it's just like, dislike, I agree, I disagree, instead of actually being, well, this was interesting content. People, well, people are not good judges of quality. People are good judges of whether something is popular or has clout. Well, the thing is, I know that uh, for my video content, my audience tends to be, uh, older millennials and generation x now i am of generation x as are you we were not raised with the concept of uh taking in media and commenting on it as being part of the same uh process being part of the same experience we would watch something if we liked it we watched it again that was it um so well, people there... don't people don't in generation x people are not compelled to leave comments even when they like a video, because well, their experience is, I liked it, I'll watch it again. They don't feel the need to express themselves as Siskel and Ebert. Well, I mean that, you know, remember letter writing campaigns? Yes, I do. I yeah. was part of a letter writing campaign to save the original Battlestar Galactica. Well, so there you go. Sometimes people do, um, they, they do voice their opinions, but you're right in general, Gen X tends to be more, well, I liked it. That was amusing. Moving on. They don't feel this and, and not true across the board, right? There are exceptions. People are, are individuals, yada, yada. But uh, yeah, they, it doesn't. And I guess that's Gen X apathy, but there isn't this sense of I own this. It must cater to me, I guess, because we're the pre-fan service generation. I guess so. And, and you know, it's interesting because what we're talking about here actually dovetails into a question we got, okay. um, which uh, goes back to what I was saying before I started rambling, which is that uh, we asked you guys uh, out there, well, basically those of you who were following us on social media, uh, at least I, I didn't even I didn't even check with Leanna and ask her to do it. I just sort of, I, I was like coming up with topics. I'm like, here, let's just do this. Let's see if it works. I put out there and said, in a very short time, we're going to do a podcast. What do you want us to talk about? And what questions do you have to ask us? Please don't be overly stupid. Um, and we got some interest. So we're going to spend time today going over your questions and answering them. And if we run out of space, we'll talk about other stuff that, that's on the docket. Right? I suspect we will not run out of space. Well, talking about what we just talked about, about, about uh, the disparity, perhaps, uh, between the number of views a video gets, number of comments it gets or likes, uh, Brian Wallen, who apparently is a top fan, according to the little diamond uh, on his, uh, his name, uh, wants to know how Doug and the Slugs music video for Day by Day on YouTube has over 1.1 million views, but like only 69 comments on it and 4,000 likes could be i mean i don't want to i don't want to speculate that they bought views but why would is, you bother to buy views with doug and the slugs doug's dead something might have gone viral on something there's a lot of reasons for that well why would you like doug and the slugs it's just it's a music video it's music 
if right. you like the music, are you really going to spend the time typing? I like the music. Are you I... just going to say, you know, you, you watched it and, you know, we're, we're used to consuming. I hate that term. We're used to taking in uh, music and, and, and enjoying it, but we don't need to comment on it. Sure. So I, I don't think that I would consider this to be, I mean, there's some cases where um, they have, uh, you know, uh, a, a lot of views and like no comments and no likes, um, or they have, the, or the, the comments they have are so clearly generated by a bot. Yeah. That, that often the comments don't even really reflect what was in the video. Um, I like when they're in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, even better. Um, but uh, I wouldn't say that, I think it's entirely possible that uh, 1.1 million people watched Day by Day with Doug and the Slugs. For those of you who are not familiar with Doug and the Slugs, a Canadian band, the song Day by Day is, Day by day I'm getting stronger. Um, so that song, I actually was part, I was interviewed for a documentary about Doug and the Slugs mm -hmm. last summer. Um, and uh, I can see it having that many views, but very few comments or likes. I mean, 4,000 likes is not very, very few. Um, I can see that being legitimate. There's other things where you have to use your common sense and say, is this legitimate? Is this mm -hmm. an audience that normally would be commenting mm -hmm. and isn't? But I, I think, what do you think? I, I think there's too many variables to answer that question with certainty. I think you're right. That, All right. You know, there's, it, it, could, it could be a lot of things, right? They could have gone in and, and cleaned up the comments because it got trolled, but those are still views. Um, another question. This may be better for you than me, because um, you are a, 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 a sommelier or whatever they call somebody who oh, likes wine. Okay. Sean Roche wants to know, what's the best drink for watching the never-ending COVID saga? Oh, man. Um... <laughs> Is there one drink? I mean, there's so many phases. Shouldn't a drink, like it, like it applies differently to different meals, shouldn't a, a, the drink be different? according to the various phases? I don't know. I am not some expert. I drink, uh, you know, snake bite. I, I don't, you know. Uh, see, this is, I've been really annoyed at the media, how they've been covering, you know, problem drinking during COVID. And I'm sure people are going to go, don't encourage people to drink. There's already enough trouble, you know, and people are going to get through it the way they're going to get through it. So, you know, drink what you like, but use use the rule of one big glass of water per drink don't just be drinking 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 it's not good for you drinking the water not only helps you avoid hangovers but it slows down um it slows down how much you drink so make sure you're near best. a bathroom facility though with that much liquid going through you yeah, your bladder best, is not gonna love you the best covid drink is one in moderation all right that's a cop out, but all right. No, there's no single one, right? All right. I mean, my my favorite vodka is now boycotted. So and I'm fine with that. I don't, you know, I don't need to drink Russian vodka. I'll take one for the team. All right. So you your choice would then be vodka then? No, I've been drinking a lot of red wine just because it's I I don't drink for the effect. I drink because I like the taste. You're like like 4% of drinkers. Yeah, I know. I, I, I drink because I like, you know, you have Italian food, you have a nice glass of red wine, it complements the food. 
What about uh, dealcoholized red wine? The, there is there has not been a really good one. I've had some that are okay, but I like that really, really dry red stuff. So, you know, dealcoholized wine, I've had it. It kind of gets the point across if you can't drink, if you're on certain medications, it gives you that sort of feeling. But I don't know. I just like Italian food is not complete without a glass of red wine. I often know? wonder um, what is wrong with people who drink de-alcoholized beer? It's like, do you really like the taste? Like people drink beer to get drunk. No, it's a social thing with that. I, I totally understand um, the whole de-alcoholized beer thing because people, I mean, if somebody is a problem drinker, they're a problem drinker. And if having that socialization of sitting and having a beer with someone, if they can do that and have the de-alcoholized stuff, all, all the better. Right? Uh, people, the person you're with will still ride you. No, they shouldn't. But they, they do, you, you know. No, people, that, people, that's a jerk move. It's a terrible jerk move. But like, you know, you tell somebody, they say, come on, have a drink with me. You say, look, I'm not drinking. And they, they get insulted. No, they shouldn't. Say, as if you're saying that you're not good enough for me to drink with, or you're not good enough to socialize with. It's like, I'll sit here and talk to you for as long as you want. Well, no, not true. I will sit here and talk to you for as long as I want. <laughs> but um, I will, but I, I, I don't need to drink. Does not to be a, does not to be, need to be a common bond of alcohol intake, but people get really pissed off they, if they want to drink, they want to have a drink with you or buy you a drink. And you're like, I'm not drinking alcohol. At they this shouldn't. particular moment, that is no, they cool. shouldn't. But people shouldn't no. do lots of things. That they no, do. that's that's not cool. That's not cool. You shouldn't. You shouldn't say I don't get this if somebody's doing something to benefit themselves just because you you associate with a larger percentage of horrible people than the average. Like I would not if somebody gave me a hard time for not drinking. That would be it for me. Cut off. No. What are you saying about me not hanging out with a good quality of people? You don't hang out with a good quality of people. I hang out with you fairly frequently. I'm the exception. And oh. you you oh. do not invite me to things with oh. other people because oh. I, I hate them. And you claim I act badly. But my attitude is you're just a doormat to these people. And don't tell them, you know what? Pike off. Oh, you're just superior. Is that all? Is that all? Okay. Yes, in this case, I am. Oh, all right then. What okay. is with, what is with the bits and bytes guy voice? Now the bits and bytes that that's too whispery. Bits and bytes voice is much more. Every handful, whole new ball game. You have to keep the volume up. I was keeping the volume lower, more sotto voce. All more right, sotto voce. Okay, Vienna. Yes. This is maybe more aimed at you because you were more. Uh, of a movie goer in the 90s, I think, than I was. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, this is from Marley Stevenson. And Marley wants to know, do you think they should remake the 1994 Crow movie? I was just talking about this movie. I, I think they kind of did that with the Batman in some ways. Um, there's a lot of art direction. They'd have to, like, completely remake it. And to me, The Crow is one of the definitive 90s movies because it is so cheesy. And it's, you know, it's one of those movies that you 
utterly loved when you were a teenager at the time. But now you look back and do what the millennials call think it's cringe. Um, whereas we just actually did the act of cringing, right? Um, but ah, uh, uh, see, this is one of those things that if you remade it, you sort of have to go back to the com comic and completely redo it. And I, unless you made it more for kids now, like teens now, it, and, and you wouldn't, it would have to be for adults and they do something dumb, like make it a female crow or something like that. You know, they, they wouldn't just do the, what's his name? Eric Drayden, I think is the main character. Uh, they, they wouldn't do it a loyal interpretation. They'd have to muck with something. Well, they and, would, uh, would want to make it, uh, make the crow um, more inclusive. So they would likely make the crow um, a person of color, which would make the white face look a bit like a mime. Um, right. And they would possibly give the character a hunchback. Um, what? Well, just to just to be more inclusive of people. No, who... they they do something like make him female or something like that. Uh, well, they would do. You know, would that really change this story all that much? Um, it kind of would. I mean, some not every character is inherently male, inherently female, but some are. You know, and you think the crow is inherently male. I think the crow as written is inherently male because it's a particular kind of self-destructive impulse. Well, you mean women have a different kind of self-destructive impulse? Yes, yeah. So it would be, what would be a female self-destructive impulse? Well, like Harley Quinn is, a, is an example of a character like that. And I mean, that's what's so cool about Turning Red is they actually made girls who acted like girls, not girls who act like guys, but they made her a girl. All right, ready for the next question? Yeah. All right, I gotta click my mouse here. I hate making that noise, but all right. Um, very quick one. Uh, is Michael Jackson and Prince really dead? Now that's should be R. R. Michael Jackson and Prince really dead? This is from Franco Pacho. Franco Pacho. Yes. Franco Pacho. Yes. Are they, they really are. dead? Yes, they are. What about Elvis? Oh yes. I'm not sure about the Elvis. No. I'm not sure about the Elvis. This is but the thing is, the thing is, even if Elvis faked his death back then in the 70s, he'd be dead now. Well, yes. He'd be like a thousand years old. Yes. Um, another question uh, from Marianne Farrell. This is one that goes into the I said no overly stupid questions pile. Do you use fabric softener when you get out of the shower? Clearly, this is directed at you, Leanne. What? You use fabric softener when you get out of the shower. Oh, I see. No, okay. Oh, sock joke. Yeah, sock joke. See, this is this is Marianne calling right now to apologize to me. Uh, for, I, th I think uh, that's I think that's question. fair. Yeah, that 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 was. Um, I don't like the, ethnic humor. Yeah, that, okay? my that's ethnicity not okay. happens to be sock. That doesn't yeah. mean you should be making jokes about dryers or fabric softeners or lost brothers or sisters. Okay, that is just my ethnicity. Yeah, do don't not make define fun. me by my ethnicity. Yeah, don't make fun of Ed's immutable characteristics. All right, um, we're going to uh, move on. Here's a here's another uh, question. 
that comes to us via Twitter. It comes from the uh, Chilliwack Gorillas. Okay. Okay. At Bongo underscore Tongo. Should apes be permitted to carry rubber chickens to sporting events? Yes. You think so? Yes. I'm not sure if if apes should be permitted because rubber chickens they tend to throw them on the uh, they tend to throw them on the field, and it makes it dangerous for players. That's what people do. I'm not sure what apes would do with them. Now, I would prefer apes if they're at a sporting event to throw a rubber chicken than to do what apes normally do when they're trying to indicate displeasure, which is throw their feces. Now, um, should apes be permitted to throw their feces at sporting events? Um, I'm on the fence about that one. What about you? Um, No, that's unsanitary. Well, they, I mean, some people, they throw like, um, like dead fish and other things that are bio biohazards yeah that's gross too and they don't like people doing it but they can't get them to stop well you know i i think that um uh, likely with rubber chickens uh apes at sporting events will probably use the rubber chickens to beat people to death because apes probably. are very very strong so i guess the bigger question is if apes are going to go to sporting events should they have their own uh secluded seating area like a monkey section yeah a monkey section okay we and if you we identify are... if you identify as a lower primate you in fact can sit there as well we are of course imagining a world where higher primates other than humans go to sporting events so are, are we talking well, the here... only reason apes don't go to sporting events is because we keep them locked up in cages or they're in um, like Africa in the jungles and they don't have sporting events there. That's the only reason that I can see that apes aren't at sporting events. But are we talking, you know, like Monsieur Mala? Are we talking Gorilla Grodd? Like, are we talking- Caesar. Caesar from Planet of the Apes. Like, you know, I'd hang with Caesar. I'd hang with Monsieur Mala. Not sure Gorilla Grodd. Gorilla Grodd would like take over the minds of everybody in, in the arena. See, but you're talking ridiculous fantasy gorillas. I'm talking about real gorillas. I'm, I'm trying to have a serious conversation here and you're taking it into the world of fantasy. I, I was trying to predict what you would enjoy. Um, another question from, this comes to us from Twitter. This is a bit of a longer one from Marlo, who is at Marlo22. Question is, how do we address the separation of the concept of freedom from civic responsibilities in a society by isolated individuals joining together to promote anarchy? It's a very long question. Yeah, I got lost in that one. All right, let's figure this out. What they want to know is how do we address the fact that there are isolated individuals um, in who bend together to promote anarchy? Um, how do we teach them the difference between the concept of freedom and civic responsibility. Well, you you actually teach them civics. The problem is it's probably too late if they're already. I mean, people go through people go through periods, right? And the the question of how to you know deprogram people who ends up who end up in these groups is actually a it's a it's a heady point of discussion and and it's it's complicated there's it takes a lot of time see i i think that you're right that there's a lot of those people so what we're talking about now is people 
like those uh, the, the, the people in that convoy that took laid siege to Ottawa and other uh, uh, border crossing points yeah. in Canada. Those people were talking about their freedom. Their freedom, they believe, believed, was being infringed upon because we were there were public health orders that said that you needed to uh, mask up and and uh, if you weren't vaccinated, you couldn't go certain places because you posed a health risk to others. Um, they were talking about their personal freedoms as mm -hmm. opposed to thinking about the fact that there are civic responsibilities. Um, so if you're part of a society, the part of living amongst other people means mm -hmm. making compromises about your absolute freedom to do things. Mm -hmm. Freedom comes with responsibility to be responsible for the choices you are free to make. Right. And if you make the free choice, for example, not to get vaccinated, all right, but that comes with taking responsibility for the fact that you made that choice. And that means that there are certain places you're not going to be able to go. These right. people were not taking responsibility for their decisions. They were saying they, they, need, they should be able to do whatever they want without there being any results happening from their decision. And nowhere do you really ever in life are you able to make a decision and then have no uh, outcome as a result including good outcomes and outcomes you don't like as well. That's part of decision making. And but, when but you live typical, in a society, right? you need, like, you know, we, we have we have speeding laws. We have laws that say you can't drive a car without getting a without getting a license. We have we have, you know, we have seatbelt laws, drinking and driving laws. We have red lights. We have green lights. We have stoplights. We have so many things that uh, infringe upon your absolute right to do whatever the hell you want. But we accept that. Because in order to live with people, you need even I, I, I can't stand living with people, but even I understand that you need to make certain compromises or get your ass out to some island somewhere that nobody has any claims over. Live there alone, build your own outhouse, live like that, eat berries and shoots and whatever the hell. And then you'll have absolute freedom. Other than that, if you want to take take advantage of the benefits of living in, in a society, then you're going to have to there's going to have to be trade-offs. If you don't like the trade-offs, too bad. You're nothing but having a tantrum. I I think that's a bit of an overestimation, but people do how do I say this politely? People don't, act, don't. It's, it's radio. No one cares about politics. People don't under really understand a lot of the concepts they start bellowing about when they go on about my freedom and stuff like that. So it it's uh, it's it's been a point of frustration um, for me as well on, on this point. It's it's been I, I find a lot of these conversations quite obnoxious. Well, because they're not conversations. You say, well, what about the fact that there are other people whose health you might be impacted? My freedom, like they're, they're, yeah, they're they, not even listening. They don't. It's but focus on my. They don't care about anybody else's quote unquote freedom. Um, you know, they're, they're, they don't understand the philosophy is if, you know, anyone, if, if a single person is not free, then no one is free, right? And this doesn't mean people who have their freedom taken away because of, you know, punishments, they go to jail, stuff like that. But if, you know, law abiding people are not free, if any group is truly not free, then no one is, because that means there's a way to take that freedom away. And that means it's not a right. They don't understand this idea that, you know, any action that takes away freedoms, 
from another person so you can have more. That's not just. That's, you know, that's the very tyranny that they claim to be opposing. But the word tyranny has no meaning anymore. Let me just ask you to play devil's advocate there. Yeah. The taking, if you take away the freedom from one group because it infringes on the freedom of larger groups. Right. I don't know where I was going with this. Well, All no, right. you, you don't have to take away freedom from one group to widen freedoms for other groups. That's a common misnomer. There are ways of making sure it, it, the thing is it appears to the group that, that is sort of, you know, bullying people um, or, or has more than everybody else that they're losing things, but they're really not right. And that that's a conversation that needs to be had and isn't being had because it becomes a scream fest instead of a conversation. I, uh, I had a very, very well thought out, very pointed um, devil's advocate response to something you said, but yeah. by the time I started talking, um, it, it, had, it had escaped my head. It's Friday. All right. And apparently I'm fried. And uh, <laughs> that's why it's gonna, called Friday. Here's a question from Twitter. Nocturnal Manifesto. Okay. Email or the the uh, the at address is at Soleil et la Lune. That's, I guess, the sun and the moon. Yes. Okay. Uh, Nocturnal Manifesto. What happened to Canadian music and why does it need approval in USA before it's accepted? Well, here's, here's a doozy of a question. Well, because the um, distribution systems in Canada crumbled. Well, we've got distribution systems now. It's the internet. It's Bandcamp. It's Spotify. Yeah, but, but nobody no makes curation. any money. There's no curation. There's no curation. What happened is places like Much Music disappeared. And Much Music, for all of its faults, and there were many, um, including the fact that they would never feature music unless it was by an artist that had already signed by a record company. But yeah. they, they did help build the careers of artists who would have been otherwise marginal or not never heard of. So... Uh, and uh, Canadian radio has largely disappeared. It disappeared as a, yeah. as a force. So um, people are, like I was saying earlier, people are flooded with so many choices that it's very hard to find a platform you can go to to find Canadian music, to discover good Canadian music. Because there is just so many, you, it's hard to find it on Spotify. It's hard to find it on Bandcamp. That's why, and if I can put a plug in here, Leanna, Okay. People should be going to our newmusicnation.ca, mm -hmm. where both you and I and some other uh, talented folks uh, act as curators of uh, great music videos, which are partly great music. We don't take a, a video because it's a good video. It has to be great music. Um, there's great music from across this country, like great music. I, yeah. I, I got famous for saying everything was crap. This is great music yeah, yeah. by people you have never heard of. And uh, you see these videos that they made are really good quality. And they've got like 96 views. And yeah. it's a crime because it's super good quality music and super good quality video. And we are trying to create this platform where people can go and discover new music from various genres. Like this last episode of Yo Canada, newmusicnation.ca. There's a guy who identifies as country, but his song transcends genres. 
it sounds a bit like a Chris Isaac Wicked Game type thing. Mm-hmm. And it's got a very haunting melody to it. Yeah. It's just amazing. Um, and so I put it in um, because we are not sticking to one particular genre. Um, go to newmusicnation.ca. See, when you get your music chosen by algorithms, what they do is they think about music you've already chosen to listen to, and they find other music that is very much like what you've already heard. Mm-hmm. What we do on newmusicnation.ca, Eliana has Nerd Music Nation uh, for music nerds. I have Yo Canada. We have other shows. Um, for those of you who, uh, uh, we've got the Punk Project. Uh, for those who like punk music, there's a huge punk scene in Canada. Um, we, um, we, we look for music that crosses a threshold of quality, but is, is unique and stuff you probably would never have an algorithm lead you to because you wouldn't know you would even like this type of music. So newmusicnation.ca, what's happened to the music industry in Canada? Why, why does it matter if they get American approval? That's always been the case, right, Leanna? Well, it's a much bigger market. So, yeah, I, I understand why they need American approval. It's just we don't. This is a, this is a longer conversation about Canada, not. We have trouble enveloping exceptionalism into the Canadian identity, right? Well, yes. And exceptionalism. Canadians don't like exceptionalism. It makes them nervous. Canadians yeah. like mediocrity. Well, especially in, in our in our media organizations. And so that's part of it is that, you know, exceptional things don't get proper boosting in Canada because the systems, the structures don't know what to do with them. Well, also, you know how uh, sometimes let's just say you got a parent who won't think that something you did was exceptional until some other parent says that what you did was exceptional, then, then because you got praise from somebody else, the parent then praises you. That is like what happens with Canadian music and Canadian TV. It's one thing to get praise within Canada, but that just feels like, you know, your, your mom giving you a participation uh, trophy. When... I, no- I don't know when it happens. I will let you know. Okay. In I have this- no idea what it feels like. The Canadian industry was horrible to me. Exactly. And you're a very big talent. Um, in, if it, but in Canada, if America notices you, suddenly you're significant and you rise above the crowd. If you're really, really just as good in Canada and you don't break through to the U.S., they basically ignore you like you're just some kid from down the street. But if Americans notice you and say you're good, then all of a sudden they say, hey, these guys are good because Americans like them. Canadians liking them isn't enough to give it enough credibility. Americans have to like you. Look at all the actors on Kim's Convenience who are now on American shows because they just weren't embraced properly here. Yeah, that's this is true. Yeah, like they they were treated like civil servants up here instead of top stars yeah and um now guys like simu lu got famous on uh shang chi uh the 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 disney or the marvel movie well uh, paul's on uh star wars yes and paul uh paul lee is on uh has been on star wars as uh, an x-wing pilot Um, and they get more attention 
Simu will get more attention from being on a commercial for a product in the U.S. than he would get he got for being on well, Kim's Convenience in Canada. Do you notice he got all the commercials after he became Shang Chi in Canada? Yes. When it was Kim's Convenience, no, they didn't go there for some odd reason. The people in commercials here are on the freaking social. I don't get it, but uh, you know. He gets big in a Marvel movie and all of a sudden, oh, Canadian brands want to use him now. It wasn't enough that he had, he was on a hit show here. No, you're, I mean, I remember years ago, I was on a Leon's commercial yeah. for Ho, Ho, Hold the Payments. Yeah. Um, but that's a rarity that somebody in uh, who has achieved fame within our borders is seen as somebody who can sell a product to Canadians. Right. It's very strange. Uh, inferiority complex we still maintain here um that was a good question wasn't that that was a good question yeah see it allowed us to talk about this all right taking questions from you on social media on facebook and twitter um how do you like this format so far liana well i clicked I, you to find questions i i like it you, there's hesitation in your voice well you're picking the questions so you i'm not trust sure me that I'm, I'm that i'm picking the best of the crop um you're a troll ed what do you what is what what do you mean i'm a troll oh come on you leave what is this troll i've never me to find i've never even sat under a bridge yeah you have you did a shoot where you gave out booze to homeless people in bad parts of la and told me it was was too dangerous for me to come there was no bridge involved we have been under bridges a lot of canadian hip-hop videos are shot under bridges well that's because they don't have a permit because they don't have a and permit. they're under a bridge. The cops can't see them. Yeah. And come get them. Yep. Um, that's what made me laugh about for those of you looking for recommendations of books like autobiographies. There's a there's one called comedy, 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 drama from Bob Odenkirk, uh, who is most famous now for better call Saul. Mm-hmm. But he did a great, great sketch series. I would say, in my view, the greatest American sketch comedy series. Um, yeah. Uh, up there, I would say it's tied with In Living Color. Um, and it was called Mr. Show. And even though this was for done for HBO, which is a, a network in the States that is money, they used to have to shoot things um, without permits and keep their eye out for cops that were going to come crash them. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious because we had to do, every time we shot in LA for NRED's Night Party or for Much Music, we had to shoot um, and try to keep an eye out this is a funny story. Can I tell this story, Liana? Yes. All right. I think you know the story I'm going to tell. There was a cameraman. Let's just let's just say we'll say is Tommy. His name is Tommy. Okay. Okay. And we had got shut down on a beach in L.A. from shooting by the beach patrol. So what we did, L.A. is tons of beaches. It's miles of beaches. We drove another five minutes to another part of the beach, far enough away. And we only had one shot we needed to complete on this beach, one shot. So I said, let's go and complete this one shot. And Tommy was like, no, no, man, the police are going to come and arrest us. And it's like, the police, they, they give you a ticket. They don't arrest, what are you in for? Shooting on a beach? Um, it doesn't happen. So I said, all right, go and shoot this. And I'll call you if I see any vehicles approaching. He said, mm-hmm. okay, but don't use my real name. Because, you know, Tommy is such a rare name that they would know it was instantly him. He said, call me by my middle name, which was Dean. And I said, all right. uh, um, All right. Well, I'll call. So he goes, we start shooting. 
and I see a, a beach vehicle approaching. It's in the distance. It's in the distance. So I start calling him. I go, Dean. 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 Tommy. He turns around and goes, I told you not to call me by my real name. Yeah. That, that was... happened to you once. Who was the person who was normally scouting and that means took it in the face by American enforcement whenever we were down there? Me. Well, you didn't that give me a chance to think time. about the answer. That, you what do you right mean? In. What do you mean? You said, who did you ask me a question? Yeah. And I didn't give me a chance me. to think about an answer. You came right me. in with the answer. And I take all this abuse from these American beach cops and that you would tell me I wasn't aggressive enough and didn't stall enough. Well, wasn't I right? No, you weren't. It's American authorities. You don't argue with them. I would have. No, you wouldn't have. I'm tough. Yeah, no, there's tough and then they're stupid. Okay, I've been accused of both. Yeah, but you, you do not argue with American anything. You don't, because there's a lot. I mean, it's not like up here where our, you know, our cops are generally chill and our security guards are generally chill. In the U.S., you don't mess. All right. Yes, sir. No, sir. Move along when they tell you. You don't want that problem. Just make sure when you say sir, it is in fact a sir. Right. Um, but, I mean, that's that's a shining example, though, of how systems encourage people to break the rules instead of making it easy to break the rules. I got so sick of taking it from both sides that I looked into getting permits. It was impossible. It was impossible there was no way to predict where we were going to be six weeks in advance. And it was like $600 for four locations. And those were mainly for big studio film crews who had a production schedule, who knew where they were going to be in six weeks well, that, and, had a, and yeah. had a location secured. Yeah, that's exactly what we're for. Now, I mean, what ended we up were being shooting, really we were planning like that morning, where are we going to shoot? What ended up being really cool was that we uh, ended up shooting at a lot of celebrities' houses, and that was awesome. Except for that one time at that soap opera star's house with the little dog that kept barking at us when she burst into tears because in the distance they could see the ladder for her, uh, her pool or something like that. And she, got, she thought people would think that she, her fans would think that she was sloppy. And so she had a, you remember this? Yeah. And she had a complete There was a breakdown. ladder in the shot. Yeah, ladder in the shot. That's right, a ladder. And yeah, that was that was one thing. Somebody was having a bad day. But it was hilarious because we were stuck there because she went upstairs. She went inside the house and went upstairs to, to, to compose herself. And she was in her room crying. And we, her, we were downstairs and her little dog was just nonstop barking at us. And we wanted to leave, but it'd be too rude to leave without saying anything to her. And then yeah. when we did actually try to leave, the uh, gate was locked. And yeah. we were like, now we have to go back and ring the doorbell and ask to open the gate. Thank God her uh, groundskeeper was there and was a good guy and opened the gate for us. Anyway, um, here's another question, Leanna. This one, you'll have some fun with this. Mike Eshkui wants to know, Leanna, which fandom is the most wholesome and which is the most toxic? Oh. Talking here about mostly sci-fi, comic book type fandom. We're not talking about hockey teams and things like that. Um... 
Oh, most, man. let's start with most wholesome, which is the I, most wholesome. I'm trying to think of the most wholesome ones. I mean, there was a time I would have said Harry Potter, but not anymore. Uh, furries are quite nice for the most part. Okay, explain to people what furries are. You know, like Zootopia, where it's a movie all about like animals. They're like people, but they're animals. Anthropomorphic animals. Yeah, that or the old Robin Hood movie. You know, a lot of Disney characters that are animals who walk and talk. What about Monsters, Inc.? Does that count? No, well, no, because they're monsters. They're not animals, right? But uh, those are furries. They're they're Hong Kong Fooey. Yeah, he is. He's a furry, right? Yeah, because I mean, there, there's two types of furries. Uh, there are people who are, you know, very nice, usually shy people who just love like soft, fuzzy things. And then psycho morons. But the vast majority of furries are very, very, very sweet people. And these are people who like anthropomorphic animal entertainment. Yeah. It's not like we saw on that CSI episode where they all dress up in mascot suits and hump each other. No, it's that's not that. That's a, that's a subsection. I mean, those suits are really expensive. So, I mean, there's there's the art and, you know, commission art and things like that. But furries tend to be very, very nice people. All right. So uh, if if I like Hong Kong Fooey, and uh, Huckleberry Hound and Yogi Bear and Quick Draw McGraw, McGilla Gorilla, people like that, then technically I'm a furry? Well, no, because just because you drive a car doesn't mean you're a car aficionado, right? Oh, okay. So if I was an aficionado of these characters, right, that would make me a furry. All right, so that's I, the most I wholesome. Thought, no, I thought of another community that's actually really great. And it's completely counterintuitive. All right. And we're not even going to have a chance to get to the toxic one because it's too many and we don't have that much time. So what's well, the other I, wholesome I one? The, the From Software community. So like the Dark Souls games and Bloodborne and Sekiro and Elden Ring that just came out. Really great people. Because we all get punished by the same games. Isn't Sekiro a drink that people take? What? Oh, that's Prosecco. That's Prosecco. Sekiro. Shadows Shadows died twice. I didn't even, I wasn't even where Shadows died once. So how much I know. Yeah. All right. Uh, Liana, I think this has been successful taking calls, taking answers or questions. Yeah. I noticed we completely punted on um, most toxic fandoms. Well, there isn't time. Oh. We're going to pick that up next week. Oh, Okay. There's so fandoms. many. There's so many. Maybe we can get people to nominate them for next week. That's what we'll do. It's a does, good idea. Does the average audience, does a radio audience care about toxic fans? I mean, this is so common now, right? That I guess there is more general interest. Yeah. We're going to talk about that and other things you want to talk about next week. Uh, you can email me or how do you email me? Don't email me. You can uh, find me on Twitter at Ed the Sock. Liana is at Red Liana K. Liana has videos four days a week about various subjects, uh, entertaining, informative, challenging. Uh, at Liana K is her YouTube channel. And if you support it through Patreon, uh, you can get an extra day of video. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I and Liana are both at newmusicnation.ca, introducing the best music from across the country in music video form. Um, and uh, Liana and I are both on Facebook. You can find us there, do a search. Um, and that's it. So uh, thank you, Liana. Thank you. And I like this asymmetric talk radio format.
What does that even mean? Well, instead of it being live calls, it's people like emailing in and stuff like that. And we answer their questions. So it's still interactive. It's just not, you know, it's not directly talking. It's we don't different. take the risk of idiots. Um, we can we can curate here. Um, so I've taken away their freedom. That's it. It's time so for us to go. You curate um, on talk radio, too. There's a call screener. Yeah, they do a lot of work. Um, and this is uh, Ed and Red on Saga 960 AM, or if you're listening to it as a podcast, you know exactly where you're finding it. And uh, it's time for us to say our weekly sign-off as created by Leanna. Leanna? Bye-bye. Bye-bye.